Welcome to Hearsay, the podcast about justice by students of justice. Uh, my name is Toby Reed. I'm the criminal justice teacher at Attleboro High School. Uh, I teach in a three-year program uh, for kids who are interested in some of these ideas. And for a whole variety of reasons, uh, COVID being one of them, um, we're doing some different stuff this year. And one of the things we're doing is kind of this podcast, which is kind of like an exit interview with, uh, with the seniors. So today uh, with us, we have uh, Ulysses. Uh, Ulysses, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me, Mr. Reed. Never a problem. Uh, so let's just start with the background questions. So tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, et cetera. Um, well, I'm 17. I, um, I go to AHS, obviously. I, I was born in Attleboro. I'm being raised in Attleboro. I, um, I work at Shaw's. That's, that's about it. There's nothing really else. Brothers, sisters. Yeah, I have, um, I'm the youngest. I have two sisters and a brother. And, uh, what do you do for fun? Um, I listen to music. I watch movies, I guess. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> All right. So three years ago, what made you join the program in the first place? Um, well, I, I like, I like watching shows like that, like Law and Order and not Criminal Minds though, but like Law and Order and I can't think of one, another one right now, but, um, I mean, that's like the big one, right? And so I really liked um, like the career that the doctor had, that it was like a forensic pathologist. Like I, I think I always wanted to be a doctor, but I don't think I like the idea of having like someone's life in my hand. I wouldn't want to do anything like be a, like a normal physician or anything. So this was like a good way to like, it was kind of, it's kind of like surgery, but I don't have to worry about killing anyone. Making <laughs> they're they're not going to talk already. about it. So is that still something that you're interested in? Yes. Um, and we'll get back to some of that later. So uh, out of the three years, who's been your favorite guest speaker? Okay, so there's there's two that I was thinking about. There's, um, I really like the stenographer, and I was really sad that we weren't able to end up actually learning how to do that. Um, but I also liked one that I don't, I don't remember her name and I don't actually remember what she did, what her career was, but I remember like liking the way she spoke and like what she talked about. And I remember she was wearing a black striped shirt striped horizontally and she was wearing black pants and I liked her shoes. I know exactly who you're talking about. What? She was from Poland. Yes, I know exactly who you're talking about. She's a professor at uh, BCC in their paralegal program. Okay. Yeah. She was talking about paralegal careers and she was talking about uh, BCC's certificate certification program and stuff like that. And she was super energetic and super happy. Yeah. And she was definitely wearing a black and white striped blouse, black pants and, and I, I don't remember her shoes. Yeah. They had they had like little bows at the at the end. That's what I remember. Uh, and the uh, for those who are listening who don't know uh, the stenographer lady was uh, teaching us stenography. We were going to get like initially certified in it, and then COVID happened, and they had to kick us out. Mm -hmm. Did I ever 
I told you guys that we had like fourteen thousand dollars worth of stenography machines left in the building. I didn't know that, but I mean, I mean, I mean I'd come pick them up, and no one like no one knew it. Hmm. And so I had to like arrange to meet the woman on like a Tuesday morning. And this was back when like no one was allowed in the building without like permission. Um, and you know, it was like high security back then. So I had to like get permission for Mr. Rooney. We had to like open the door because remember we were in like that computer lab yeah. um, and she could not come in the building, but I couldn't leave the building. So I had to like pick up the machines and bring them to the door and then she could take them from me and put them in her car. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I met her here on some like random Tuesday and we just like loaded all the stuff into our car cause it did not look like we were coming back to school and we had a lot of their equipment. Yeah. But yeah, no, I was, and I was with you. Like it was fascinating. It was kind of fun and we did it for what, two weeks. I don't even, I don't even like, I don't remember anything from it. Yeah. I think I we the things and then the stands, but like. Any of the skills? No, I'm like I don't know. No, I, no, I think we did it once in Mr. Um, Homer's room. Yeah, and things like didn't fit real well, so we moved to the computer lab. And I think that was that was it. I think we did two two weeks. Yeah, where we didn't really learn anything, but I still so I I still don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the favorite project that we've done or topic or whatever over the last three years? Um, probably the mock trial. Yeah, the mock trial. Like, I liked all of that. And I liked when we had, like, all of the attorneys come in to help us, like, come up with ideas or whatever. It was fun. We had our mock trial yesterday. Oh, one. wow. How was that? It was over Google Meet, so it was weird. Um, but since court's over Google Meet now, like, yeah. And so we had uh, one of the one of the attorneys, I think one of the attorneys who may have worked with you guys, she was the judge. And, you know, it worked. What, what I thought worked really well, especially this year, was... Uh, I was able to have cohort A, cohort B, and AVA students all work together on the trial. Yeah. And then we had it on a Wednesday so that everyone could be part of it. Mm -hmm. um, and that worked well. I, I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to have a team work together when they couldn't be in the same space ever. Yeah. Um, but they were, we were able to do it. And, you know, so they did a good job. And I was, like, wondering if that was going to – how it was going to happen. But um, they pulled it off. Uh, they did they did decent work so um defense won the decision prosecution won on points okay so prosecution won the trial but defense won the actual like they they decided not guilty oh okay gotcha. um but yeah like yep and we, it was a different case this year obviously so we didn't do mr hammond this year oh you didn't no, I couldn't figure out how to do that remotely. Right, like for you guys, remember the investigation was you had to ask for information and whatever information you asked oh, for. Oh, yeah. I couldn't yeah. figure out how to do that type of thing remotely. <laughs> okay, yeah, gotcha. I could have just like, okay, and then shared a specific document. But yeah, like, here's the PDF. Like, yeah, that would have been well, like a ton of work and really slow. 
Um, and so we did a whole different case where we like every day we released a different different amount of information based on like day one, we would have gotten an initial interview and a police report. And then day two, we would have gotten this, yeah. day three. So we did it over remote, those two weeks in remote, um, which was also good because once again, cohort A, cohort B and ABA were all part of the investigation. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, but it was a different case, but um, yeah, we just finished that. Although, if I'm honest, I honestly enjoyed the mock trial from Exploratory better because you could just make up your evidence. You could, you could. Which one? Which one were you guys did? Which one did you do? Do you remember? Um, Mr. Farino took money, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yep. And now you're designing your legacy project where you can be the one that you can make that case. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what are your plans for post high school? I'm gonna go to college and then to med school. So I'm gonna study human physiology and sciences, or I don't I don't remember the exact name of the major. I have to obviously look into it because um, I have to change it for a few schools. Because I was originally gonna go in for um, like biology or biochemistry, but the human physiology is more is better because it goes more in depth, I guess, to anatomy. So it's better from like what I want to do, and then go to med school. And then, yeah. Um, have you decided on a school yet, or? No, and they're not making it easy. Why? I have, so I have, like, the two top schools, which I, like, for me, it was, like, financial was that what was, like, important to me. So they're giving me, like, the, um, not the least amount of, that I'm paying, I would be paying the least amount of money for Regis and Suffolk. And, but I was like, okay, I think I'm going to go to Suffolk, but I'm still waiting on BU. They're gonna tell me Saturday. And then Regis just emailed me about this opportunity where they would just send my application to St. George's, review it, and then I would do three years at Regis and then four years at St. George's and just do everything together with one year less than normal. And Mr. Yep. Reed, St. George's, do you know where that is? Uh, no. It's in Granada. Is it? Like the tropical island, yeah. Yeah, no, I know where, I know where Granada is. Yeah, I was like, no. That's that's not a bad gig. No, that's, I'm like, and like, I wouldn't have, it's the same application that I did for normal college. Like it would just be. And is that their med school? Direct, it would, it's St. George's med school, yeah. And they so, do like a dual enrollment thing with Regis. So that's, and I'm like, I, cause I was like, when I was like, and when I saw, first saw the email, I didn't even look at the location of St. George's. I was like, sure, sign me up. Cause it's seven years and I would do one last year. And like, okay, and then I was like, St. George's probably like, I mean, I think it's in Massachusetts, but like maybe like it's in Maine or, but I was like United States. And then, and then I looked and I was like, and like, at first I looked at St. George's school, which is a boarding school. And in it's in like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, okay, that's not bad. Then I was like, no, this is, this is like preparatory school. I was like, that's not what I'm looking for. And then I searched up St. George's University and they're like in St. George, Granada. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's like right on the water. I can't. I am uh, <laughs> I am looking at pictures of it now. Yeah. Uh, that is amazing looking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so is that swaying you towards Regis? So much. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if 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 the cost, I mean, you know, who knows what BU is going to say, right? So yeah, exactly. We won't commit anything until you find out all your information. But mm -hmm. uh, basically, pre admittance to a med school. And you know, if you decided to go to a different med school, like you could still do that. Yeah. 
it's not like it's not like you're locking yourself in place but uh it is kind of gorgeous looking mm -hmm. yeah and i even i looked at like the requirements to get into St. George's. And it was like, I mean, it was all like normal stuff, but then they were like 1800 um, combined SAT. I well, well, one, I didn't get that. And two, I didn't even send in my SATs to any schools. I just, right. I was like, no. what happened? And um, what was I gonna say? But, but the thing is, I'm like, I feel like they're gonna be more lenient on it, especially since they were like, for like, if you're applying now to go into med school, they're like, um, they're like about like the MCATs. They're like, you don't, we understand that there's like difficulty doing it. So I was like, if they're not gonna, if you don't really need the MCATs, then I don't think they're gonna need the SATs, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, uh, I don't I don't know if you listened to it, but I just put a podcast out on um, Google Classroom from This American Life, which is all about kids applying to college in COVID year. Mm -hmm. And like, what it means that the SAT's been diminished and yeah. colleges are going to stick with that or and there's a whole thing about how like you know kids who may who are academically good enough to get into certain schools but may not have been able to pull the SAT score are now able to get into schools that they might not have gotten into otherwise mm -hmm. schools judging them on their grades and their academics at school not just on a number yeah um and how that's a really good opportunity for people so uh it's it it is interesting so i guess congratulations on getting into medical school <laughs> i haven't gotten in yet well you have yeah right? <laughs> you've gotten accepted no 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 no. they're still looking what's that they're, they're they said they're they're gonna look they said they're just gonna review it i don't know what that means okay. it's, just, it's the same application but I'm like, still yeah uh Congratulations on applying to medical school. Yeah, as a as a minor, as a senior. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what are we here to talk about today? Uh, wrongful convictions. Wrongful convictions. Um, and and what do, what do we? Uh, why is this of interest? Um. Well, for many reason, for many reasons. Excuse me, because um. Well, prison is like a weird thing because you know, it's not really, it's okay for like people who are like, you know, there's no way to fix them, but then there are people that like you can fix them. And then there are the people who are just purely innocent and because there's faults obviously in the justice system and then people don't realize that. And of course, if like you look at the statistics, it's mostly black people who are um, convicted wrongfully who were, there are more exonerations for black people, but they are more likely to be convicted of a crime and they're more likely to be innocent. Uh, was there any one, are there any cases in particular that you looked at or? Yes, I looked at two. I looked at um, Anthony Ray Hilton, which, no, okay, so he was in jail. He was on the death row for 30 years. Well, I don't think, are you on death row for 30 years? But he was in jail for 30 years, he was on the death row. And it's the longest serving death row person in Alabama. Basically, it was um, it was like these three restaurants that were robbed, and then the managers were shot, and then two of them, the managers died, and the third one, the manager didn't die. And the manager that was alive pulled Anthony out of a um, like a lineup, even though he didn't actually see him, and then. 
the prosecutor had a history of racial bias and he literally said that Hilton looked guilty and evil just from his presence. And then the judge, and then, and then so then what actually convicted him was that they found a gun in his mother's home that um, people just said that it matched. And then the judge, and but then also there was a polygraph that the, I think it was the feds did or something. Um, but the judge didn't admit it into court, even though the polygraph proved his innocence. And then, so that was like 1985. And then in 2002, there were um, three top fire firearm examiners that said that the guns can't match, like that it didn't match. And then, but no one listened to it. And then it happened again 12 years later. And 2015 was finally when like the Supreme Court came in and then, um, it was the scientists at the Department of Forensic Science in Alabama that found that the bullets couldn't match either. And then it was that um, Marsha Colby. No? Okay. <laughs> so it was 2007. She was 43 years old. She already had six children and she was pregnant. And obviously, over 35, it's an at risk pregnancy. So obviously, there are well, it's an average pregnancy, so there's going to be more risk. The baby was born stillborn, and like she tried to like obviously revive it, but nothing worked, so she buried it in the backyard. And then a forensic pathologist said that the baby was born born alive, and that I guess like they thought she killed him. But I was like, if she actually killed him, wouldn't it? It's still an average pregnancy, so it still makes sense that she could be like, oh, it was born with. A complication. It was born at home. Like it wasn't born in the hospital. Like it was born with a complication that obviously she couldn't figure out because she's not a heart surgeon. And then he died. Like that's what I would have said if it was born alive. It was stillborn. And um, but yeah. And then so science actually found that it was that she was innocent. But then the prosecutors used that she was a drug addict and that she was in poverty to prove that she was a bad mother. So she was convicted. And then it was until after five years that um, there was an, there was another autopsy made on the baby, which I don't really understand, because I mean it's been five years. I mean I guess they could do it, but um, then they found that there was no sign of life in the baby, even when it was born or anything, and that was released in 2012. I'm looking at her uh, bio here on Equal Justice Initiatives page. I'm assuming, have you seen or read Just Mercy? What? Have you I seen or read Just Mercy? Mm -mm. No. Well, then I know what you're doing today. Okay. Uh, I have, I have actually, I've read it. I have not mm -hmm. seen the movie version of it. Um, it's by Brian Stevenson, who. Um, Run is a lawyer who runs the Equal Justice Initiative. Uh, if you have not seen his TED Talk, you should see his TED Talk. Okay. Um, and then Just Mercy was, uh, his book was made into a movie where um, Michael B. Jordan plays him. And we like okay. Michael, Michael Jordan. No, Michael B. Jordan, gotcha. B. Jordan the, yeah. the, the, uh, the Black Panther guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Creed guy. Uh -huh. um, and it's about this it's a true story obviously uh mr stevenson's a lawyer he gets good graduates from harvard 
he goes down to work on cases in the South that he thinks are death row cases that he thinks the person was wrongfully convicted. Mm -hmm. um, and the books about this one case, that's just, it's amazing to read because the guy gets convicted of murder and uh, his alibi is that he was selling fish at a fish fry to the police at the time. Really? <laughs> and the police are like, yeah, but you still did it. Oh, my God. And he's like, no, no, I was literally with you guys. And they're like, yeah, but we think you did it. And so they arrest him. Uh, and when they convict him on basically no evidence at all, and uh, he gets thrown in jail. And so Mr. Stevenson goes down south. And there's a, there's a wonderful scene where he calls the court to get the case file because he wants to appeal it. And the judge uh, calls him back. And the judge's name is um, um, Robert E. Lee. Oh God! <laughs> okay, this isn't this isn't going to end well. Like, yeah, this isn't going to end well. And Mr. Lee, uh, Judge Lee, is like, "No, I'm not going to let you, you know, look into this case." And they do all, you know, his life is threatened, and you know, all this sort of stuff. And you know, I'm not going to ruin the ending for you. Uh, okay. But uh, he's trying to get this guy off because it's like. It's so incredibly clear that this guy is just completely innocent. Um, yeah. <laughs> so as a result of that, he started a uh, organization called Equal Justice Initiative, which uh -huh. is out of um, it's uh, where are they? There's I think they're down south, um, and now that's what they do. They just they work really hard on uh, racial justice. Um, criminal justice reform, and they have a whole now they have a whole staff of lawyers that go in and try to figure out how to get people off death row because they don't believe they were convicted correctly. Yeah. Um, his uh, the EGI the Equal Justice Initiative uh, donated a class set of books to our program. Oh um, really? They donated a class set of Just Mercy um, a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. So. Um, Paulo uh, Saguro, who's a local guy around town, uh, he's run for a couple offices. He's he's political. Um, he was a criminal justice major in college, and he he called them and said, "Can I have a class set for the local high school?" And they said, "Yes." So they sent him twenty five copies, and he gave them to me. Um, and so, uh, but you should def. I would recommend reading the book. Um, okay. One, I haven't seen the movie. I'm a big fan of Michael B. Jordan. I think he's a good actor. Yeah. He's certainly handsome. Um, and uh, but I, and so I'm sure that the movie's good, but the book is amazing. And if nothing else, just watches like 14 minute TED talk. Um, okay. And so what do you think, do you think, what, what do you think is one of the causes of this uh, injustice? Like what causes these? Is I don't really know. Um, so with the with the cases that I did, it wasn't because like I've noticed that like with the websites that I visited, a lot of them talk about like DNA testing that they redo it because there's a lot of things that were found like that they couldn't use it in the cases first originally because not and like because of science and other stuff, but. Like with these, a lot of them are like, they have a history of racial bias or they have a history of doing these things. Like the forensic pathologist it literally says like he's, he has a history of multi reports. But I'm like, 
I don't know. I wonder if this guy, like, I'm like, do you, are you looking at every case that he's done? Because I'm like, if it's this one where it was a stillborn of a, of an at-risk pregnancy, like, why would you not look at other ones where, like, it could have happened again, where he could have said, like, this happened, even though, like, maybe he was just lazy. Maybe he didn't look at everything. But, yeah. Do you remember the Annie Ducant case from a couple of years ago in Massachusetts? No. She's the woman who worked at the the uh, drug lab in Boston, uh-huh. and uh, the, she was the one that if the police arrested someone with a white powdered substance, they would send it to the drug lab. The drug lab would confirm that it was or was not drugs, and then they would use that evidence against the person in court. And she like falsified a bunch of her re reports. Oh. Um, and so they had to literally relook at every single case that she was involved in and let out like thousands of people because they were convicted on drugs based on her findings, but her findings were suspect. So all these cases got, had to be relooked at. It was, it was quite a thing. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's bad. And I um, wonder if, if she's like just thinking like of people who if they're found with this white powder, then it must be cocaine. And so she's like, they just should all go to jail. And that like reminds me of this it's an episode of SBO where <laughs> the judge she's already done like so many times to like twelve year old girls or like thirteen year old girls who are like groomed and then they sent they sent nudes and then the nudes get leaked and then she sends them to jail because they had child pornography. But I'm like, she's sending them to prison where people in the prison might have already seen her pictures and then already like have this thought in this mind. And like, these are not good people, obviously. And she does it over and over again because she thinks these girls are like, not good, that they're like unpure. And I'm like, um, no. Yeah, no, uh, that idea of bias and how that, you know, when we look at the statue of Lady Justice, right? She wears the blindfold for a reason um, yeah. because the, the bias can be can be crazy mm -hmm. um, and you know hard to hard to fight against on one level um, like I don't know how you set up so that you don't have bias yeah because um, like you know I don't know if, I don't know if you remember and I think it was your class was was it your class that the def the public defender's office came in and talked to you guys uh, attorney Brito and then there was that woman. Uh, yes, yes. She stood with her legs crossed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, he remember he told a story about a woman who was in prison or jail for like six months because they found a brown powdered substance inserted in one of her body cavities, <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, it's heroin," and then they tested it. And it was just brown sugar, <laughs> and so they had to let her out because but like one there's all sorts of questions there right like one why did yeah. you brown sugar inserted in her body but also <laughs> like they just assumed because of you know and so like she spent like 7 months in jail for something that wasn't illegal brown sugar yeah i guess you know to each his own yeah, um, but like i mean it just must be so humiliating cuz like i was in jail like I would rather say like I was in jail because I was trying to transport like heroin from one place to another instead of being like I was in jail because I did something weird and I put brown sugar in my body and they thought it was heroin. And I'm like, no, that's, that's, you know, that's just humiliating. She might have bought it thinking it was heroin. I mean, she might have been fooled. Who knows? But the, yeah. ultimate, 
I can't arrest you for possession of brown sugar. Brown sugar. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and you know, and then there's also like, uh, it was tough this year because you were AVA, but we had, you know, we did do a unit on interrogation and investigation. Yeah. And, um, the technique that we were talking about is the one that we're used is one that uh, a lot of like uh, agencies and private companies are using now because the older techniques give false confessions and false mm -hmm. confessions lead to false convictions. Yeah. Right? Because what better way to convict you than have you say, I did it. Mm -hmm. um, and then the question, of course, comes up with like, how do you get someone to, to admit to something that they didn't do? And you know, it's pretty easy. Yeah. You know, did you watch Making of a Murderer? No, I didn't. Because the the company that that runs the technique that we use, they mm -hmm. actually involved in that case because they watched the video. They watched it and they're like, "That guy falsely confessed." Like, they, yeah, we can guarantee it. And they went in and they like fought, like in in court, and got his case overturned because they were like that. The techniques they used to invest to interrogate him weren't good. Mm -hmm. And if I lock you in a room for eight or 12 hours telling you that I know you did it and that we guarantee you that you won't get in trouble if you admit it. And then finally, after you're tired and angry, you're like, fine, I did it. And we're like, haha, just kidding. Now you're in trouble. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, people admit to to do it. Um, and then that leads to a false. That's an easy conviction because we have your confession, right? We can easily just say like, look, you admitted it. I don't know what we're going to argue in court. Mm -hmm. um, and then you take a plea deal because you realize that it's going to cost you thousands of dollars to fight, and you have can you've already admitted it. Yep. Um, so you take a plea deal, and then you spend time in prison for something you did not do. Um, so there's a lot of I think reasons why people are falsely convicted, mm -hmm. um, and I don't think it's a huge number, but any number is bad. Yeah, because I mean, I mean. You like you want it to be perfect. You want it to just be bad people in jail and good people out. But like, and and then like that's like a like I, I can't even say that because obviously there are good people that do bad things or make a wrong choice. Obviously that's different. But yeah. So it's a it is a it is a fascinating topic because it goes lots of places. Mm -hmm. um, but I would definitely recommend. Uh, reading Just Mercy. Okay, I will. Uh, anything else about the topic? Um, you found interesting, or yeah, I mean nothing, nothing really specific. I mean, we talked about like the fact that it it does come from any place. Like it could just be from, you know, like they weren't able to test this hair follicle because it didn't have this thing or whatever, like it could also be like, you know, there's like the, it was racially biased or they just made an error or like I was reading about um, like witness, like witness testimonies that like sometimes they could lie and we don't really know whether they're lying or not. And it's just hard to tell like until like they say they were lying and then they're holding contempt or whatever. But I'm like, other than that, like they could, they could have lied like the uh, what's his name? The fourteen-year-old that was that was put on the chair, the youngest to ever. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. And and then like it was like seven years later that the girl finally said that it was a lie that he was that it wasn't actually true. He didn't. I forget what he. They said he did. He said he. They said he like, hit on her, right? right? But I'm like, I just can't believe like, like so hard because you can't actually tell whether someone's lying unless they tell you. Uh, do you know John Grisham, the author? Yes, yes, I have. I have time to kill. Yes, I have. Uh, he wrote a book called The Innocent Man. Mm -hmm. It's a nonfiction book, um, but it's about a guy who gets convicted and uh, didn't do it and all that sort of stuff. He follows the whole case. But to that point, uh, they also talk a lot in that book about uh, uh, jailhouse snitches, like people who get are in jail and mm -hmm. the prosecutor like cuts them a deal and says like, you can get out early if you remember him admitting that he did this. Oh, like six, nine. And then, yep. And then they're like, <laughs> he did it. And then they're like, okay. And then they let him out early. Yeah. Um, like this guy gets convicted because of a jailhouse snitch where like literally the guy had like never actually even met him. And they, and like this guy, the guy who got convicted, his lawyer was terrible. He was like an alcoholic. He would show up to the trial drunk. He was not doing a good job of defending him in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot, there was a lot of stuff in that book. Um, that's also a good read. Although if you're going to read either one of them, time to kill first, innocent man second. Oh, I read a time to kill. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, just mercy first. Oh, okay. Gotcha. gotcha. And I believe the innocent man was turned into a uh, Netflix series or short series or something. Okay. Or it might, it might just be a single episode or documentary. Um, but yeah, it was a, uh, on Netflix like a year or so ago, which I have not seen that either. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, anything else? Um, well, I was actually going to talk about um, as well, like the racial bias among like the people in the community. They can obviously like enter into the minds of the prosecutor, the defense, or whatever, or the judge. Probably not the judge, but um, but like I was thinking about like you know like famous um like court proceedings or whatever where like you think about like oj simpson and like everyone thought he did it right yeah yeah like everyone thought he did it and like people were like oh you know he's terrible but then they're like people and they're, like the ted bundy where like people are, like in love with him and i'm like but i like obviously both crimes are bad and i'm not saying i'm not being like oh you know oj simpson's a great man but like what he did is nothing compared like it was two women that he knew but like with Bunny, it was his wife and her friend, right? But like, and it was, it was, but with Ted Bundy, it was like, you know, like the extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Like it was literally like thirty women that he just. And no, I don't even like talking about it because it's so it's so much. And then like you think about or like, or like Jody, Jody Arias, where people were like, you know, because they liked her because they thought she was cute. They were like, oh, she's she probably didn't do it. She probably didn't do it. And like with uh, the glasses. But yeah, that, I mean, I just think about like people being like pretty privileged, you know? Yeah, no. Uh, the, the the bias works in a whole bunch of different ways, right? Like mm -hmm. it, makes, it makes me look more innocent and you look more guilty. Um, and I don't know if you remember Judge O'Shea when he came in. Uh, he brought his statue of justice with him. 
What did he look like? Tall, thin, goatee. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, I like how you only remember what they look like. I mean, yeah. Tweed jacket. <laughs> um, a tie, a suit and a tie. Yeah, if you're talking about that one, I'll remember. He talked about, uh, one of the things that I really remember about him was he talked about how, like, if you play, like, Madden on, you know, Xbox or whatever, uh -huh. uh, they they can recreate Tom Brady, like, pretty well. Like, they, he, the, the character can move like him. He's yeah. Number, the jersey, like, moves in the breeze. Like, it's very realistic. Um, and so since you have that technology, why can't they just create a justice program mm -hmm. that like you put in all the information like Ulysses Orlana, uh, age 18, never been convicted before, comes from uh, this type of family, lives here, go, like, got, is already has already applied to med school, um, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. And then yeah. like it, the computer like spits out what the best punishment is for you. And he's like, we have the technology to do that. Like, if we can recreate yeah. Tom Brady, we could easily do that. But yet, it feels wrong, doesn't it? Yeah. There's no. There should be like an aspect of person to person instead of just a machine being like, "Oh, hold them." Like, <laughs> right, but, but does the person to person thing add the bias? That yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. There's good things, and then there's bad things. <laughs> so like. You know, a computer would not be biased. A computer would logically look at you and say, okay, based on all the other people who did this uh, and based on these factors of your background, uh, the chances of you committing this crime again, uh, we think that the appropriate punishment is two weeks in, in jail. Mm -hmm. Right? And then the next person comes in and it says, well, same crime, but you have different background and you're going to, you're more likely to re-offend. Re so we're going to give you three months in jail. Um, like we have the ability to personalize it. Yeah. But it doesn't feel right. No. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, letting humans decide leads to bias. Mm -hmm. And that could be good or bad, right? Like uh, bias can work for people, right? The judge could be sympathetic and be like, look, I'm not sure what to do here. So I'm going to err on the side of caution. Um, but it's uh, it's, it's something to certainly think about, right? Like, because, yeah. you know, Removing the bias leads to its own problems. Mm -hmm. So, all right, uh, I have one last question for you. Okay. Why should we care about Ulysses Orlana? Um, because he's a person. I don't know. I mean, I'm. I applied to medical school as a seventeen-year-old. That's why. <laughs> Case closed. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's the only reason why. Um, like it wasn't like put in my lap. Like I didn't, I didn't look for it. It was just an email and they were like, okay. And I was like, okay. And that's it. That's the only reason why we should care about you. I mean, I think I'm a good person. I, um, I, I don't know. I mean, there's not, I haven't really done anything for the world. I want to do things for the world. That's why you should care about me. Cause I want to do things for the world. I want to solve the world. Yeah. I want to see more things than Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. Like Granada. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want to do medical school on a tropical island. I could think of worse ways to spend three years. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Well, I agree with you. Uh, I think that you're destined for great things. And uh, I think that the world is a better place with you in it. Thank you. So thank you for your time. Thank you for having me.